Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Love to shop and eat? With a dozen food stands and even more local vendors, there's always something fresh, friendly, and fun at the Markets at Hanover. For hours and events, visit marketsathanover.com. Welcome to Why Do Catholics, the podcast from Catholics about the Catholic faith and what we believe. Thank you for joining us. My name is Rachel Bryson, and I'm your host. Joining me today is Father Joshua Cavender. Well, welcome back, Father Cavender. Always a pleasure to have you. And it's always a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you. So we're wrapping up our sacraments series here on the Why Do Catholics podcast. And I I know our our last sacrament that we're going to be talking about is anointing of the sick. I know we were talking a little bit off the air, Father, and, and you were telling me that, you know, this isn't necessarily a sacrament that you would get if you just have, you know, your common cold. This is for those who are a little more, you know, seriously ill. Yes, as much as it would be amazing if, you know, we get a common cold and we just go to the priest, he gives us a little anointing, and then poof, it's gone. I think that would be a great saving mystery of the universe, but that's not how Jesus made this sacrament, unfortunately. This sacrament uh, of anointing of the sick is ordered towards those who have a proximity to death because of illness. So it's, it's not just proximity to death or just any illness. It's those two things together. This, this sacrament would be for somebody who who has a very serious illness. So, you know, somebody finds out they have, they have cancer. Somebody finds out that they have uh, something that they need to go under for surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, even something like a, a severe broken leg that you'd have to, you know, go under uh, anesthesia to have fixed through surgery. Well, that, that's a dangerous process. You know, that science has gotten very good uh, with that. But there is a proximity to death because of, you know, the illness of a severely broken leg, or even, in a sense, advanced age. It's not so much an illness that that is diagnosable, but it does, because of our aging body, puts us in a, in a proximity to death. Mm. So those kinds of scenarios, not not just a common cold, not, you know, living a, a dangerous lifestyle, you know, we don't anoint skydivers before they, they go up in their planes. You know, we wouldn't uh, anoint somebody who is struggling with something in their life. We don't, we don't anoint broken hearts after a relationship breakup. This is a proximity to death because of illness. Okay. So, Father, what does the sacrament actually do for those who are anointed? Well, this is a wonderful sacrament that's very powerful. So now we understand, okay, so who is the sacrament for? Somebody who's, you know, in proximity to death because of an illness. On, on a base level, the sacrament is symbolic of a healing. It was common practice, like look at the Good Samaritan parable that Jesus tells. This Good Samaritan takes this man to a hotel, pays for it, certainly. He anoints his, his wounds, so an actual anointing in the time of Christ was for the sake of healing. You know, if you put oil on a, on a tender wound, it, it loosens up the skin a little bit. It helps, us, it helps us heal. It's part of the healing remedy. So this sacrament is literally an anointing with oil. In today's practice, it's done. You anoint the palms and the forehead. So that would be 
if you have somebody who is falls into the category of those to be anointed, mm-hmm. they would be anointed, you know, with the with the prayer through this holy anointing. May the Lord in his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord who frees you from sin save you and raise you up. Amen. So that's what constitutes the sacrament itself. But what you know, what does this sacrament exactly do? Well, as a healing sacrament, it's certainly ordered towards the healing of the person. Mm-hmm. If it be if it be God's will that that be a bodily healing, uh, that you know, praise be God, that's wonderful. That's in His plan, and He can bring that person back to health. If He can raise the dead, He can certainly heal whatever illness that we have. On one level, it is towards the healing of the of the person's body, but. On another level, it's also you know towards the healing of the person's soul. So, what exactly are we are we talking about in there? When we talked about in the in the in the baptism part of the these podcast mm-hmm. series, in baptism we become part of the body of Christ. That's an amazing mystery all by itself. We could spend hours talking about that. But one of the things that baptism does is it enters us into Christ's body to live out the mysteries that He lived in His own life in our own lives. One of the greatest mysteries, if not the greatest mystery of Christ's life, is that he came and entered into death. Christ's body passed through the crucifixion into death. And of course, after three days, rose. So part of this sacrament in terms of the healing of our body and that dealing with that proximity to death is that there's only been one person in the history of time and space who actually entered into death, defeated it, and and came back and restored life. So there's only one person in the history of space and time that actually has the capacity to walk us through those gates of death. So when Christ entered into death, not only as, you know, being part of his body, does he enter into our death to walk us through it, but we also enter into his death. So there's this reciprocal entering into the death of the other person mm-hmm. uh, because we're all part of the, the same body. So what does that look like kind of on a, on a ground level, uh, you know, practical part of the, uh, for, for the person? Well, when Christ enters into our death, like how does that look like when he walks us through that? See, our entire life is really a training session. St. Paul talks about the spiritual life as the race. And so we are training, we are, we are actively preparing for a moment. And that moment is when we get to the gates of heaven, right? That, that moment of judgment when we get to be with Christ for the rest of eternity. And in this world, right, you know, not only are we fighting our own brokenness, but because, you know, we see this all the way back from Genesis, the devil is constantly trying to tempt us. And, and Christ was tempted in the, in, the, in the desert. So he's actively working at trying to foil the plans of Christ. And he knows he's lost the war, but he's trying to pull as many people away from God as he can. In his attack plan, there's only one moment that really matters the most to him, and that's the last moment, the finish line. He will want to do whatever he possibly can in that last moment of our lives to pull us away from Christ. So one of the things that this sacrament does is that it gives us the graces to fight that final attack of the devil to get us to the gates of heaven. So there's, this, there's going to be this attack, and, and this is a very powerful sacrament to prepare ag- to, to fight against that. On the flip side, what does it mean when we enter into Christ's death? Christ's death, again, we could sit here and talk for hours about the effects of Christ's death and, and how uh, that, that brings us to life, but 
But Christ's sufferings, the moment of the cross, and, and all of these sufferings that he endured at the end of his life, he endured them for the salvation of the world. So in the sufferings of that proximity to death, when we enter into Christ's death and are united to him, that means all of the sufferings that we have become united to Christ's, which are for the salvation of the world. See, before Christ, suffering was kind of a, just a fact of life. It was a product of sin, and, and that's all it was. But now, with this unity of Christ, with Christ, our sufferings have a purpose, and a good purpose. To say that sufferings could be good? Well, yeah, we can offer our sufferings for the salvation of the world, and this sacrament specifically gives us the graces to do that within the context of our own suffering and death. Okay. Now, what about, you know, since the sacrament is really preparing individuals who are near death to kind of face that final battle with the devil, what if they have sin on their souls? Does this sacrament remove that in in place of confession, or do they still need to go through the sacrament of confession? Ideally, we have what we call the last rites. It was a great story from a priest. Uh, He walked into somebody's room and somebody who was a little bit more, uh, less formed in the faith, and and they said to the priest, you know, I'd like you to read me my my last rites. It's like like it was a a legal thing. (laughs) And and the priest just kind of shook his head and had to do some explaining. But no, uh, R-I-T-E, not R-I-G-H-T. So the last rites. And the last, the the sacraments of the last rites are confession, communion, viaticum at that Mm -hmm. point, and and anointing. The three together are very powerful. With confession, we have the, the forgiveness of our sins. With, with communion, we have the life of Christ, the fullness of God dwelling within us. And then with anointing, we have that preparation for death and also the hopes of, of healing. Mm-hmm. So they're very powerful trinity of sacraments. So what happens though, let's say there was an illness that was completely unexpected. The person is unconscious. They didn't have a chance to get to confession. They can't receive communion. What can they do? Well, they can still receive the sacrament of anointing. And in the absence of the ability to get to confession, it brings with it the same healing and forgiving graces that the sacrament of confession does. Okay. Now, there, there's kind of, God won't save us without ourselves. So, you know, if we if we never plan to get to confession, if we, it's not like we can just kind of come in and, and force the person into the forgiveness mm-hmm. of their sins. So there is an aspect of this that is between God and that person. But if, if that willingness is there, right, that forgiveness is present. The point of the sacrament is so that God can give us the graces to get to heaven. Uh, there's a, a very wide boundary, in a sense, that God can work with within this sacrament. So yes, it does, it does bring with it that same forgiveness of sins that would be available in confession, given that that person does not have the ability to go to confession. Okay, thank you. Just a, a kind of a, a follow-up. I know we were talking a little bit before about how this is a sacrament for the living. So uh, the anointing of the sick is not really a, a sacrament that would be given to an individual after their death. And I, I know you told me there's kind of a little bit of wiggle room, though, with that. Okay, so what is a person? A person is is not just a, a soul in this, like, flesh casing that is our body. We're, we're a unity of body and soul. 
but the soul is a spiritual reality. So it's not like you can go up with a soul meter to a body that is, you know, very recently, you know, breathed their last and, you know, kind of wave the, the soul meter wand over the body and says, okay, no, it's still here. We're still good. No. That, 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 so, so there's a certain um, ambiguity when the soul leaves the body, and there's plenty of theological debate over that. Well, as long as the soul and the body are still united together, the person is still, I guess, effectively alive. If the priest is driving up the driveway and grandpa is in the house and breathes his last, and the priest steps in the door 30 seconds after that, could the person still be anointed? I would say there's plenty of ambiguity on whether or not that, that soul has, has left that body. But it's not like, you know, we can just go down to, say, uh, you know, uh, hours and hours after this person has died and anoint the person. I think, I think that's a little bit more clear cut. Uh, you know, this person has died, the soul has departed. But, but I think there is a little bit of wiggle room in the, that very close proximity to the death itself, mm-hmm. whether, whether that person is, is, is still uh, available to be anointed. And, and there's been plenty of theological debate about that. Um, so, uh, yes, the, 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 the sacraments are for the living. And, and, and this, so this as a sacrament is, is for, for the living. After, after the moment, you know, after death has, has, has taken place, that person enters into their, their own judgment. So there's no point of, uh, in a sense, there's no point of preparing for a race after you've run it. Okay. So this is for preparing them for that moment of death. Uh, if the moment of death has already passed, uh, the sacrament doesn't apply anymore. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And Father, do you have any, um, you know, maybe a, a, a story you could share about a time when you did give anointing of the sick to an individual? Yes. Anointing of the sick, it's an amazing sacrament. All the sacraments are amazing. But there's this moment where a doctor can't do anything anymore. A doctor helps prevent death. But when that death becomes certain... There's nothing more than a doctor can do. And, and, and you see this like in a family. You can see anguish. You can see stress. You can see all these different things. And I've seen time and time again when I have anointed people, there's this amazing moment where you just see the stress and the tension in a room. In a sense, that, that, that sense of hopelessness, that sense of, well, there's just nothing more that we can do that God can say, it's okay. I know what it means to pass through death. I can handle this situation. And to know that your loved one is then entrusted to God in this very special way, to see the peace and even joy that happens in this moment of, of immense grief or, or suffering is, is truly a powerful moment. Uh, and I've seen, you know, I, I, I've anointed uh, a person who I mean, they were surely going to to pass that night, and the family wasn't able to make it in. I anointed the person and left, and that was, you know, I I assumed that I would be getting a call for, you know, a funeral at some point in time. Well, it turns out the person completely, you know, uh, know, not completely, but they, they recovered, became reconscious again, were able to talk with their family, and they actually had over two weeks from this time of the anointing to the time of their actual death, where they were a- able to 
uh, God gave them this amazing grace to be able to say goodbye to the people that they really wanted to say goodbye to. And that's not an uncommon story among if you start talking to priests about anointing, uh, that God can work these amazing graces. It is, it is a very powerful sacrament, and I've seen people be healed. I've seen people enter into this immense peace after God is brought into this moment. And, and it's a peace that only God can give. And so, you know, if, if, if you or one of your loved ones is struggling with this end of life uh, and that proximity to, to death, it's okay. God has a sacrament for that, <laughs> and, and, and he'll walk us through whatever we need to walk through in that, and I've seen it time and time again. Well, thank you, Father, so much for, for sharing your insights with us on not only the anointing of the sick, but all of our sacraments in the Catholic Church. We've really in, enjoyed, you know, your insights into the sacraments. Well, thank you very much, and I, I only pass along what, uh, you know, greater priests have taught to, uh, t- you know, taught to me and, and, and the experiences that God has, has given me in my short time as a priest so far. So mm-hmm. thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you. And I know you'll be joining us uh, in the future for another series where we'll be discussing the Mass. So we certainly look forward to having you back for that. It sounds good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it myself. Excellent. Well, this is Why Do Catholics, a podcast of the Diocese of Harrisburg. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>